0: Welcome to another episode of Norman Medical Review Podcast. Yes, I know what you're thinking that you have not heard this name before, and you're correct. Um, Previously, it was called Norman Student Corner Podcast. We thought it was necessary to change the name to Norman Medical Review Podcast to be more inclusive. So, this includes both students. And practitioners. So, welcome to Norman Medical Review Podcast. Today, I'll be talking about ovarian torsion. That's correct, ovarian torsion. This is a diagnosis that must not be missed. And I want to start by reviewing the vascular supply to the ovaries. The ovarian arteries come off the distal aorta and supply the ovaries. At the same time, there is a second blood supply, which branches from the uterine artery, giving the ovaries a dual blood supply. Now, this is very important when we look on sonographic findings, especially the Doppler aspect of it. Torsion may occur at any age. But it is most commonly found in women of childbearing age. So, torsion can occur in the pediatric population, and that should not put your suspicion to rest. If it's a pediatric patient you're dealing with with severe pelvic pain, torsion should be in the differential for them. The surest sign of torsion is a sudden onset of severe lower abdominal pain or pelvic pain, and it usually occurs during exercise or other vigorous movements. Now, some women will report mild pain, and the pain is usually so severe, it becomes worse over a few hours. The pain is usually isolated to the affected ovary but it may radiate through the pelvis, to the back and down the thigh. About 25% of patients will experience bilateral lower quadrant pain and they'll describe it as sharp, stabbing and less frequently they'll describe crampy pain. Now in terms of the presentation, about 70% of patients will present with nausea and vomiting, that's important. Now, let's talk about the risk factors for ovarian torsion. Women with enlarged ovaries and elongated fallopian tubes are at increased risk for ovarian torsion. Enlarged ovaries and elongated fallopian tubes may occur as a result of pregnancy or menopause or if there's a large ovarian cyst associated with the ovary or even tumor now if there's a cyst or tumor associated with the ovary with to a size of 4 cm then that ovary has a 15% chance of torsion now Enlarged ovaries or elongated fallopian tube may also result from previous pelvic surgeries especially tubal ligation Also congenital malformation of the ovarian structures uh, may occur and this typically would be found in young children who are diagnosed with ovarian torsion Another cause is ovarian ligament connecting the ovary to the uterus, which may be longer than usual. A longer ovarian ligament makes ovarian torsion more likely. Torsion can also occur in normal ovaries. That's important to see. Let me say that again, torsion can also occur in normal ovaries. And that's a statement you don't want to forget. Torsion can also occur in normal ovaries. Keep that in mind. Um, in 80%, torsion happens unilaterally. In 80% of the presentation, it's unilateral. And it is it has a predominance on the right. So it's unilateral and more common on the right. And as we said before, the greater risk is in pregnant women and those suffering from menopause. Now, even though 80% of torsion happens unilaterally, I want you to keep in mind that there is a chance of it being bilateral, right? There is a 25% chance of torsion occurring, bilateral. well, the pain rather, not torsion, but the pain. There's a 25% chance of patients presenting with bilateral pain. So while torsion might be unilateral in its presentation, um affecting only one ovary, the presentation of bilateral pain occurs in 25% of patients. So never say to yourself, well, the pain is on both sides. This couldn't be torsion. That's not true. Okay. Keep that in mind. Now, how is it diagnosed? Tor- how, is it, how is torsion diagnosed? Well, there are three modalities that may be used. Doppler sonogram, MRI, and pelvic CT. Let's talk about the Doppler sonogram. The Doppler sonogram um, is not definitively accurate for torsion. They say, why do you say that? Well, remember I said before that there's the dual blood supply? Well, you can have blood supply to the ovaries. And still have torsion. Why is that? Because if the ovarian arteries are supplying, right, if that particular ovarian artery is supplying the ovary, right, there will be blood supply. But the uterine artery may, the the, the torsion may occur in such a way that the uterine artery is cut off. And the sonogram is going to show blood flow. Right, and you're going to say, "Well, there's blood flow on the sonogram; there's going to be torsion." That's not true. You see, you can have torsion even in the presence of blood flow, and that's because there's a dual blood supply. So please, please, that's important to keep in mind. If you suspect torsion clinically, don't, don't, don't be put to sleep because of the Doppler finding. If clinically, your suspicion is pointing to torsion, go with your gestalt, your gut feeling. Now, another modality that can diagnose torsion or evaluate it is MRI and, of course, pelvic CT. Now, it is important for me to say this, that the pain of torsion can subside Um by time the patient reached the ER or even in the ER and you say well this going to be torsion because the pain subsides spontane- subsided spontaneously well again that's that do not let the absence of pain put it to sleep why because you have what is called torsion and detorsion you can have torsion and detorsion right so for, for some strange reason the ovary can tort and detort. and so so that that um, sine wave type of pain, no pain type of thing can be very misleading. So two things you want to keep in mind as pitfalls. the first one is the sonograph the sonographic finding in the presence of clinical suspicion. and the second one, is a person says i had severe sudden onset of severe pain that seemed to subside and i don't have any pain now and you may use that as a platform to say well that couldn't be torsion well keep in mind that spontaneously the ovaries can detort the differential diagnosis for pelvic pain of any magnitude should be intrauterine pregnancy ectopic pregnancy appendicitis, PID, tubo ovarian abscess, and of course, ovarian torsion. The treatment, first, there's a laparoscopy, right? It is definitively diagnosed by laparoscopy, and then it is surgically removed. The ovary is surgically removed. So definitively, the diagnosis is by laparoscopy. And the treatment of choice is surgical removal. Well, let's look on some of the take-home points. Number one, there will be sudden onset of abdominal and pelvic pain. The pain um, will may be mild but becomes severe. Pain may be intermittent and even subsides because of tort and detort or torsion and detorsion the pain is usually the presentation of the um, ovarian torsion is usually unilateral but the pain may be bilateral in 25 percent of cases ovarian torsion may occur at any age however around 60 to 80 percent occurs on the right side And it should always be in the differential diagnosis of a a female presenting with pelvic pain. And the important thing is the the presence of blood flow on Doppler does not conclusively eliminate the presence or the diagnosis of torsion. So please don't miss ovarian torsion. Well, thanks for listening, and remember, hard work pays off. So, until next time, this is Norman saying, your brain is a fertile field. Please be careful what you plant in it. Good night. Thanks for listening to Norman's Medical Review follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, hit the plus button on the top. Stay tuned for the next episode. Remember to listen and study well. Take care.